0: Welcome, everyone, to our new show called Business Talk. Business Talk is all about what it sounds like. We're going to be talking the ins and outs of small business ownership. My name is David Shoup, and I am your fearless leader through our journey together of entrepreneurship and all that it entails. This is the show for the world of the entrepreneur. Whether you aspire to own your own business or you already do, you may be looking for help, for resources on how to do this either A., at all or be just better and well that's what we're going to do together entrepreneurs are different and when i say that i say that with all due respect it takes a special kind of person to look at a situation and go how can i sell this how can i structure this how can i organize this into its own business especially when you're doing this for the first time it's definitely not easy and so if you're going down this road maybe for the first time Welcome to Business Talk, and I hope it helps. This show, like I said, is all about the entrepreneurial way of life, plain and simple. We're gonna be talking about small business ownership, like what to do when running your small business, what works, what doesn't work, how to set up a business, how to hire employees, fund your venture, solicit investors, what kind of contracts do you need, how to protect yourself and your business, and so much more. I'm going to be bringing in a whole host of experts as well, from HR representatives, CPAs, financial advisors, business coaches, insurance brokers, and a whole bunch of attorneys related to small businesses that are going to help you run and operate your small business more successfully and more profitably. Before I continue any further, let me introduce myself a little bit to you and talk about myself, just get to know each other a little bit. Like I said, my name is David Shoup. I'm a corporate and business attorney licensed in the state of California, and I own and operate two law firms with my wife, Andrea Shoup, here in Southern California, both based out of the city of Marietta, One is Shoup Legal. It's an estate planning law firm where we help you plan today for peace of mind tomorrow. And the second is called the Veterans Business Law Group, where we serve the veteran and patriotic entrepreneur with all of their small business legal needs with strength and honor. Before we continue, I want to let you know that you can get in touch with me. If you have a business legal question that you would like answered, you can submit your question to me via email at info at bztalk.net. Let's face it, you've got legal questions pertaining to your small business, and I want to answer them for you. Give me your questions at info at bztalk.net. And I believe that the life of the entrepreneur is truly a special calling. We need all the support we can get because let's face it, a large part of the economy of this country is built on the backs of the small business owner. So consider this, guys, my token of appreciation and way of teaming up together with you in your journey as an entrepreneur. That is why I created the show in the first place. And let's face it, I wish I had something like this when I started my business. So during each show together, we're gonna talk business so I can help you to build successful and profitable small businesses. I'm gonna be giving you what I wished I had as an entrepreneur myself. The answer to the kinds of questions that I get day in and day out. I'll be sharing with you my successes, the things that I wish I'd done a little better, and the lessons I've learned through the many years. So, today we have a ton in store for you. Today I'm going to be giving you the business entity boot camp for those that are looking to start their own businesses or even those that have already started their business and aren't sure which business entity would be best for them. We're going to be covering the ins and outs, strengths and weaknesses, pros and cons of the sole proprietorship, the limited liability company, the S corporation. C Corporation, and the various kind of partnerships that you're gonna find out there. And finally, we're gonna pit the LLC and corporation against each other to help you figure out what might be best for your business. Today, we have a lot in store for you. Today, I'm gonna to take you to Business Entity Bootcamp for those that are looking to start their own business or even those that have already started their business and aren't sure which business legal entity would be best for them. We're gonna cover the ins and outs strengths and weaknesses, pros and cons of the sole proprietorship, the limited liability company, otherwise known as the LLC, the S corporation, C corporation, and the various kinds of partnerships you're going to find out there. And finally, I'm going to teach you how to make sure that your business is maintained correctly. That way your liability protection, if you choose one that offers that, is protected and maintained for you. So today is going to be pretty action-packed, guys, so don't miss out on a minute of this valuable content. Guys, from one small business to another, I want you to succeed, so let's talk business. So who is up first? Well, I think we should talk about the sole proprietorship first. The sole proprietorship is just a fancy way of saying the business owner, which equals the business. There is no difference between the owner and the business when you're talking about a sole proprietorship, which means that since the business equals the owner, there is no legal entity. The only way to quote business owns anything is in the personal name of the business owner. So the business owner employs the employees, purchases the equipment, and runs the company solely in his or her name. Unless, of course, the business owner uses what is called a DBA, which we covered in our last show. Don't worry, I'll review it with you now. A DBA is otherwise known as a fictitious business name or trade name. It's a way that you can name your business after something else other than your own name. And also, if you have a business entity already set up and you want to call it something else or have multiple departments or divisions that have different names, the DBA is how you do that. So let's flush this out a little bit more regarding the DBA. Let's say that John Doe is going to run a bakery. If he wants to call his business Doe's Donuts, would he need a DBA? The answer is no because it's named after him. It has his last name in the title. But if he wants to call his business California's Best Donuts, he would be legally required to file the DBA with his local county office. Now, while there are other uses that get a little bit more complex in regards to DBAs, this covers the basics. So, remember, when you're thinking about the sole proprietorship, remember that everything starts and ends with the sole proprietor, him or herself. If the sole proprietor was to pass away, the business would cease to exist and all the assets would have to be disposed of in some way according to the owner's estate plan. The business itself could not be passed down to anyone, only the business property. Because remember, there is no actual business entity, only the owner themselves, meaning that there is no stock, no membership interest, no partnership interest of a sole proprietorship. It's just the sole proprietor and its employees and its property and equipment in the name of the business owner. Another key element of the sole proprietorship that you need to understand is that there is no liability protection or there is no personal limited liability for that owner. California law provides limitations to the personal liability you are exposed to as business owners in the event of a lawsuit if the entity is a limited liability entity of some kind. Limited personal liability means that in the event of a lawsuit, under most circumstances, the owner's personal assets will not be at risk, only the business assets. This is absolutely huge because if the sole proprietor's employee, for example, hurts someone which subjects the sole proprietor to a lawsuit, that sole proprietor's home, bank accounts, and vehicles, just to name a few, could be seized the business owner is unsuccessful in defending themselves in the suit okay so that is the the biggest problem with the sole proprietorship and that is the lack of limited liability for the owner the good side about the sole proprietorship is that it's easy to set up it's almost easy as as just poof operate there you go but in all seriousness there are a few steps first you've got to pick out your name file your dba Unless, of course, you want to name the business after yourself, obtain your EAN that will be associated with the business, and then open your business bank accounts. Print out some business cards and create your website, maybe even get a new phone number for your business, and you're pretty much all set. Of course, let's not forget the licensing and permitting that uh, uh, you're going to have to, you can't avoid that, right? You got to do that no matter what entity or business model you choose. The next business model that I'm gonna go through or rather the business entity that I'm gonna go through is the limited liability company known as the LLC. The LLC is a relatively new form of business that can be used. What I want you to do when you think of an LLC is to think of a mixture of two entities. It's a mixture or a hybrid between the corporation and the partnership because it could be made to look like either of them, which is honestly from an attorney's perspective, kind of cool, all right? I kind of geek out on this stuff. The LLC's two greatest features is its flexibility and its limited personal liability to its owners called members. Now, the members can be active in the business and can have full ownership and control of the business, or they could be more like passive shareholders in a corporation in which there will be managers and officers elected to operate the business or any variation in between. As you can see, there are a ton of options for you when setting up your LLC and how you structure it, manage it and operate it another thing to know about the llc is that it is really great for real estate investors llc carries with them some amazing benefits to holding residential or commercial rental properties which is one of the main primary uses among the country they can also hold business assets for businesses that want to better protect themselves in the event of a lawsuit and finally another great use for them is for businesses with multiple owners the LLC is primarily structured by its operating agreement amongst the owners, and even if there's only one of them. So you want to make sure that this is carefully prepared regardless of your business model. The LLC is just great for partnerships. It's another way of structuring a partnership according to the operating agreement, which is going to dictate all the main key terms amongst the partners. So. The advantages of the LLC is definitely its flexibility and liability protection it offers, but unfortunately, not everyone is allowed to use them, especially if you're a licensed professional. So if you hold a license here in California, you'll want to make sure you consult with your business attorney prior to using the LLC just to make sure there are no restrictions on the entity for you. The LLC is formed by what is called the Articles of Organization once that's filed with the Secretary of State. At this point, you will prepare what is called an operating agreement. File for your EIN, file the statement of information with the Secretary of State, and then open your company bank account. So the LLC is definitely a powerful tool that you form in just a simple couple of steps, like I just discussed, that most business owners really, really enjoy because of the limited liability entity that is fully customizable, and want to get away from the sole proprietorship and its many vulnerabilities. So it's it's a pretty desirable way of doing business. But again, like I said, you'll want to consult with your attorney to make sure that you can use it and make sure it's the right time to transition into the LLC. The next business entity we're going to talk about is the corporation. This is an absolutely ancient entity that has been around for a very long time long time and it is widely used for a multitude of different purposes. There are four main forms of the corporation that you can use. We got the C corporation, the S corporation, the nonprofit corporation, and the professional corporation. Each one is very distinct from the others. For example, the S corporation is generally used by small business owners given its numerous tax advantages the S corporation cannot be owned by another entity. However, and it cannot have more than 100 shareholders. That generally isn't a problem, however, because most small businesses don't have that kind of shareholders, all right? And it also can't issue out different kinds of stock to its shareholders, meaning that it's not very good if you have passive investors coming into your business, okay? Because when we're talking about different kinds of stock, what we mean is, Okay, who gets paid first? Who gets paid second? Is there a priority of distributions of profit um, from the corporation? Uh, That's common when you have an investor coming in that wants to get repaid first before the others, okay? But when you're not dealing with that, that won't be too much of an issue because the majority of small businesses really enjoy and use the S corporation for its tax advantages uh, that come along with this business entity given that the entity itself is not taxed. All the income flows to the shareholders to be reported on their own tax returns. All right, now let's talk about the C corporation. So the C corporation doesn't have as many restrictions or rules that the S corporation has in terms of ownership, but unfortunately does get taxed at the entity level, which means that not only does the income get taxed first at the entity level, but it also gets taxed again at the shareholder level. This is known as double taxation. However, if you're bringing in investors into the business, this business model may appeal to you because you can structure different kinds of stock arrangements. So remember when I talked about earlier about priority of distributions and and, uh, dividends and that kind of thing? Well, that can be established with the C corporation. You can have your investors get paid first and have a priority over the profits as opposed to the other shareholders. You can also have voting control, non-voting control, there's just a lot of options uh, for you at the C corporation that you cannot use with the S corporation. So there's just pros and cons, things to understand uh, when you're picking out your entity. Okay, the next style of corporation is called a professional corporation, and I'm sure that you guessed it, but this type of business is only available for licensed professionals. Uh, It's a limitation in California. Professionals such as attorneys, architects, dentists, veterinarians, doctors, for example, all, for the most part, are required to use this kind of entity and are restricted from using the normal for profit corporation and also the LLC. Okay, so let's move on now to the nonprofit. That pretty much covers the, the uh, for profit professional corporation. Uh, the nonprofit entity is very different, okay, in its operations than the for profit entities that we just discussed. The nonprofit corporation has to be formed just like the other corporations but it also has numerous tax exemption filings that must be made with both the federal and state government as well. Given the nuances and complexities of the nonprofit, I'm going to go ahead and skip past the rest of this for now, uh, given that it's it's just going to take a long time, and we want to keep on moving, guys. So the good thing about the corporation is that it comes with already segregated or separated ownership and management roles. What I mean by this is that the corporation, you're required to separate the owners, called the shareholders, from the managers, called the officers, that are supervised by the board of directors. So there's basically three roles within the corporation. And no, they all don't have to be different people. You can have one person be the entire board of directors, be all the officer roles, and be the sole shareholder. I get asked that question all the time. <laughs> so don't worry, a one person, an army of one is perfectly fine when it comes to the corporation. So these distinctions between the shareholders, directors, and officers will make it much easier to separate and define roles and responsibilities among the members of the corporation in the event that not everyone will be involved in the management of the corporation. For example, so let's just flush this out a little bit more. If you've got one um, one person who's gonna be managing the day-to-day operations, you've got one investor, let's say, and then you've got one guy who's gonna be bringing in some funding, might be doing some financing, but it just kinda depends. So you've got clear roles already established for everybody. Okay, so you can have the person who's gonna be responsible for the day-to-day operations be elected the CEO and be on the board. Uh, then you can have the other individual that will be doing some part of the financing, be the CFO and also on the board. And then your investor would also need to be in the, on the board for a variety of different reasons, but would just be a shareholder and that's it. Right, So you've got, therefore, three shareholders, three directors, two officers, and that's perfectly fine. Um, uh, that's going to really help you out when structuring your business, given the roles that already exist in the corporation. Hopefully that makes sense. Another good thing about the corporation is that all the shareholders enjoy personal liability protection under most circumstances. This means that if the corporation is maintained correctly, formed properly and managed correctly, their shareholders' personal property should be protected from lawsuits and disputes. But this leads me to my first disadvantage of the corporation and that is its maintenance requirements. A corporation must hold annual shareholder and board of director meetings every year, record resolutions called minutes of each of the meetings and store them in the corporate record book. Additionally, the corporation is the most complex to form with requirements such as bylaws must be prepared, minutes must be documented of the initial incorporator and their directors, as well as stock being issued by the board to its shareholders. These are just some of the steps that are required to be filed, which must be followed exactly for the shareholders to be protected by the corporation. This is why corporations are typically prepared and maintained by the corporation's attorney so that steps aren't missed mistakes aren't made, which could jeopardize the shareholders' liability protection. Okay, so that's the corporation. Hopefully that all makes sense. There's a lot of different components to it, but it could be an absolutely great business model uh, for those that, that need maybe some of the tax planning, liability protection, or just the different structure structural components that the corporation offers. The final entity, or rather entities, Uh, as you'll soon understand, that I'm going to discuss with you is that of the partnership. There are four different kinds of partnerships out there for you to choose from. First one is called the general partnership. The second is the limited partnership. The third is called the limited liability partnership. And the fourth is the limited liability limited partnership. I know, it's kind of a mouthful. Each are very distinct and must be carefully understood before being utilized for any business partnership arrangement. Okay, so I'm gonna go through all four of them now. The first one is the general partnership. This used to be a very commonly used entity. The main reason is because it's very easy to set up, like the sole proprietorship, and it was a relatively simple way for business partners to start their businesses together. However, all of the partners are personally liable for the debts and liabilities of the entire partnership. So it over time fell out of favor in favor of the LLC, which can be structured in an almost identical way but with limited protection business partners would want. Another aspect of the general partnership you want to know is that it can be formed by default. This means if you start doing business with someone else and you don't form another one of the business entities, you will automatically have this kind of partnership. So be careful. You don't want to start doing business with someone and just kind of inadvertently be responsible for what your partner does on a personal level. You want to make sure that you take the right steps to form the right kind of entity before you start doing business. But in the event that you did want to form a general partnership, the, the steps to take are pretty simple. The first thing you do is, number one, choose a business name. Number two, you're going to follow that DBA if needed three draft and sign a partnership agreement this is generally the most cumbersome part of it and then four you're going to obtain the licenses permits and clearances and five get that ein however like i said you're likely going to want to use um, one of the limited liability entities that we've already discussed before you choose a general partnership the second partnership entity that you'll want to be familiar with is called the limited partnership is also used to be very commonly used especially for real estate investors and other similar business models. Basically, you have two kinds of partners in this entity. The first is the general partner. This manages and controls the partnership. And the other type of partner is the limited partner that owns the partnership but doesn't have any management powers over the entity. So you've got that distinction, kind of like the corporation. Additionally, the general partner, however, doesn't receive any liability protection, but the limited partners do. So setting up this needs to be done with care. However, just like the general partnership, this entity has fallen out of favor in place of the LLC, given that it can be set up in a very similar fashion, but everyone gets the liability protection instead of just the limited partners. But in the event you did want to form a limited partnership, the steps to take again are pretty simple. The first thing you want to do is pick your partnership name. Number two, file that DBA if needed. Number three, file a limited partnership document with the Secretary of State to register the partnership. Number four, draft and sign a partnership agreement, which is again generally the most cumbersome step of all, and then obtain your licenses, permits, clearances, and get your EIN. So that's the limited partnership. Hopefully that makes sense. The next partnership entity to be familiar with is called the Limited Liability Partnership. This entity in California can only be used by certain licensed professionals in California and no one else. Another feature of this business entity is that all partners receive limited liability protection. So it is very attractive business form for those licensed professionals that wanna enter into business with another licensed professional. Additionally, the partners can own their partnership interest in the name of their own respective businesses, So it is a pretty flexible business model for professionally licensed individuals that want to partner together. For those individuals that want to form the LLP, it's pretty similar to the uh, limited partnership. What you need to do is pick out your partnership name, file that DBA, file an application to register a limited liability partnership with the Secretary of State. And then the additional step here is that you need to register your partnership with your appropriate administrative agency here in California, for example, Attorneys like myself have to register their partnership with the California Secretary of State for the business itself to be licensed to practice law. Finally, you're gonna draft that partnership agreement, obtain your licenses, permits, and clearances, and get the EAN, open your bank account, and you should be pretty much ready to go. So that's the limited liability partnership for those licensed individuals that would like to take advantage of it. The final partnership entity is the limited liability limited partnership. This entity is a hybrid entity of the Limited Partnership and the Limited Liability Partnership, but unfortunately, the LLLP cannot be formed in California. So, let's not bother uh, talking about it too much here, but you may run into contact with this kind of business entity outside the state, or one that was formed outside the state and is registered to do business within the state. Regardless of which business you choose, you need to take special care to operate the business properly. This is essentially important if your business offers you personal liability protection. In order to preserve this protection, you need to do several things throughout the business's life to preserve this protection and avoid your protection being voided uh, in a lawsuit called having your corporate veil pierced or business veil pierced. You need to make sure that you do not commingle your personal property with the business's uh, property, especially with your finances and your cash assets. I repeat, do not mix your personal money with your business money at any time. Keep your accounts separated. Business is business. Personal is personal. Next, make sure you aren't buying personal things with your business. Your business should not be treated like a personal piggy bank for yourself. Make sure to consult with your CPA on this as well because there are a number of tax laws that have to be adhered to regarding permitted business expenses. Next, Make sure your business is properly capitalized. This means that your business has enough property or cash in it to offset its debts and liabilities, which means that if you open up, uh, let's say an LLC, and you put, you know, hundred bucks in there and then you engage in government contract work where the government contract is worth, like, let's just say a million dollars, you would be undercapitalized. There's just is not enough property, assets, or cash in your LLC to really uh, take account for that large contract that you engaged in. And finally, the final thing that you want to make sure that you do is make sure that your business was formed correctly and maintained correctly every year. One of the easiest ways for your veil to get pierced is if you aren't following the various legal formalities that your business is required to adhere to. This is especially important if you own a corporation of any kind, as you have to have those annual director and shareholder meeting minutes prepared. So guys, we've covered a ton of stuff in our show together today. We've discussed the sole proprietorship and how this can be a starting point for many business owners in the very beginning, but that is quickly transitioned away given the many limitations it has. We next discussed the LLC and its many features. We talked about how to form the entity, discuss its flexibility and ways you can structure the LLC, but that it's also restricted for use by many different licensed professionals here in California. We then discussed the corporation and its many features, how it's owned by shareholders, managed by directors, and has its day-to-day operations controlled by officers. There are many layers of formalities that must be complied with in order for the shareholders to enjoy the liability protection that it offers, so be careful. We also cover the partnerships and the various kinds that are available. While there are four different kinds of partnerships, they have been, for the most part, replaced by the LLC, except for the limited liability partnership that is still commonly used by licensed professionals here in California that want to do business with someone else. And then finally, we covered how to operate and maintain your businesses and the importance of doing so to make sure that your business's veil isn't pierced. This may be confusing. I get it. We just covered a lot of stuff. But did you know that you can send me your questions via email? If you have any questions about starting your own business or any of the content we discussed today, you can reach me via email at info at bztalk.com. That's info at bztalk.com. Next, we're going to be talking about the new business startup HR rules and how to hire employees and a whole host of HR-related topics like the process of how to hire an employee. What can you ask in an interview? What taxes do you need to pay? How much should you pay your employee? And much more. To help me discuss this with you, I'm going to be bringing on a special guest from Compass HR, Deneen Ashworth, that is one of the owners of Compass HR and a true expert in all things related to human resources. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you all. And don't forget, email me your business questions about today's show or just in general at info at bztalk.net. Take care, stay safe, and to all my entrepreneurs out there, good luck building each of your empires. Take care.